Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. I am your host, Jared Weich. As always, I'm joined by Dominic Orlando, my co-host. 2020, we're almost done. So close, but yet so far. Like I said at the top, episode 112, glad to be back. Only have a few more episodes left in us. Uh, in terms of, you know, live recording week by week, we're going to be doing this and then the reactions to the Game Awards uh, next week. And then we're going to have our pre-recorded episodes for the rest of the year where we take our nice holiday break. Um, you know, eat some Christmas cookies, unwrap some presents, um, do all that good stuff. I love the Christmas season. Obviously, you live in a state that snows more often in the winter than mine does. So when we do get snow, it's like a special treat. But, man, if you can enjoy the holidays with snow around, I know it's not as uncommon for you, but for me, it's like a it's a gamble. It's like one once every four years we get a snow Christmas. You got to kind of have to take uh, that and, you know, cherish to it. To be honest, can. <clears throat> it's not all that much better here specifically around Christmas. Like we get most of our snow in January, February. So, like, oh, okay. probably every other year here we actually like have snow that stayed accumulated into Christmas. So it's not as consistent as yeah, as you might think. A little bit of a late bloomer when it comes to winter snow there. Um, we're going to be tackling the Game Awards today. We're going to be going over five of the most relevant awards to us in terms of discussing them and their nominees. And then we're going to go through ten questions I wrote uh, regarding announcements we could see. Also, this is a this is a bit of a weird year because we don't know in terms of game development and marketing and all of this if it's going to be a normal Game Awards or if it's going to be a little bit stranger just because of the circumstances of 2020 with covid and all of that so um we could fall on our face and see all of these things not happen whatsoever but i have a couple of interesting ones that could lead to some cool announcements or reveals or re-reveals as you might say um but yeah in terms of the game awards overall dom i know you've probably taken a glance at the nominees in general how do you feel about you know, the cutoff from last year with Jedi Fallen Order, obviously not making the cut last year being on the awards list this year. Do you think generally the nominees for each category were pretty solid, or do you think there was more snubs than you'd expect? I, I think there were some snubs, and and I'm not sure if it's more or less than previous years um, off the top of my head, but I, I do feel like Jedi Fallen Order just kind of, you know, did feel the brunt of, like, that weird timing when it, when it came out that it's maybe not getting considered for as many things as it should have. So it's obviously it's kind of hard to say like what it would have won or, you know, been nominated for last year around had it been included, but um, that was one for sure. Um, a lot of people mentioned Ori and the will of the wisp didn't quite get the attention it maybe deserved. Um, I hadn't played that, but I mean, that seems like a, a another one that probably could have gotten some more. And then um, <clears throat> one that I thought was really weird and, I don't understand why it was Half-Life Alex, um, which I obviously didn't play myself, but crazy high review scores. It's it's like a 93 or something on Metacritic. Um, a lot of people really loved it. Well, and I, I guess let me rephrase because that's part of the problem is not as many people <laughs> loved it as some other games because it's just not as accessible um, being a VR only title on PC, right? So like that kind of apparently uh, hindered it as far as getting the attention from the different outlets for nominations here. Well, the thing we have to keep in mind is for the nominations, it's a select category of judges. And you would assume mm -hmm. the people who are critics for a living for video games dabble in VR. And that's the most surprising thing because it's not we're not talking about the average everyday gamer, right? Uh, we're talking about these critics who got to put these nominees in. So that's where the Alex thing gets odd, why, why it's not included as often as you'd expect. Um, as opposed to if it was like a user like 
generated set of nominees. Well, yeah, most people don't have VR, right? So you would expect that not to happen. The interesting thing we're going to see next year uh, is Demon Souls wasn't on any of these. Uh, I don't know if it missed the cutoff or what happened there. And then obviously Cyberpunk, right? That's going to be yep. up to next year too. And I don't know where Spider-Man fell either. Yeah, so this is a good conversation, actually. So Spider Miles Morales is nominated for, I think, two categories, which is interesting. And I think there's a couple... Th- I've, I've thought a lot about this already. Um, <laughs> Miles Morales, much shorter game than, you know, uh, Demon's Souls and, and probably Cyberpunk, right? So, and much more popular game than at least Demon's Souls. So I got to assume that the outlets that, you know, got their PS5s, like, went into... More of them went into Miles Morales first, right? And got through it quicker. One general felt, conjecture yeah. was that like Spider-Man got sent out early and Demon's Souls seems like it didn't get to people until like a day or two before the game came out. Oh, so like even review copies came late for that. Okay, then that would yeah. make a big difference obviously too then. Um and not like a little bit um a little bit like that Half-Life Alex thing where you, not only did they get the codes late, but that's a more niche game than Spider-Man, right? So um not to the extent of Half-Life Alex being stranded on VR, but you know, same idea. So well, and the interesting thing too, right, is Cyberpunk's going to be in the awards next year. It's such a big game with the marketing, with the post-release content. It's going to be in people's minds up until next year's Game Awards, right? We know that, just the way CD Projekt handles things. The thing with Demon's Souls is I don't know if that ends up falling out of the conversation, especially if, which we'll get into later, what if Elden Ring comes out next year? You know what I mean? And what if that kind of eats Demon's Souls lunch in terms of the mind share of like a from software style game. Cause obviously the remake was made by blue point and uh, SIE Japan studio. But if Elden ring comes out, then people are talking about that and not really so much about demon souls anymore. You know what I mean? By the time the game awards roll around could obviously almost, be something that happens. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm to the point of almost saying like, I almost guarantee that you won't see demon souls in a single category next year for all those reasons. And then, I mean, it is a remake too. So some outlets might not really want to consider remakes. Uh, True. You know, it, and it's more of a, a one-for-one remake than something like Final Fantasy VII, right? Where that was uh, a different kind of remake, where Demon Souls is like, it's literally the same game, just better looking assets. It's very few quality of life tweaks, but largely it's the same experience. And the thing there too is, so the two categories I would think it had the best chance of hopping into next year, right, would be role-playing game. But the problem with that is so many RPGs come out every year. Are there going to be five new RPGs we're talking about next year where it gets bumped out? And then the other one is art direction. And when you think about art direction, one thing we haven't talked about is that there's two games that are going to be art darlings next year if they come out, which we assume they do. Uh, Cuphead, the the delicious last course, which got delayed to 2021, which is almost assumedly and assuredly going to be in the art direction category. just give it the award now, basically. And Hollow Knight Silksong, which is also probably going to be in that category as well. I mean, I can see Cyberpunk taking an art direction one, too. True, yep. Or whatever other big games we get next year, Ratchet Mm -hmm. and Clank, you know, depending on how that turns out. So it's, I think Cyberpunk is fine. Like you said, Miles Morales made the cut. And I think Demon's Souls is the one that's going to get shafted at the end of the day. It's going to yeah. be the Jedi Fallen Order of next year, which is unfortunate, but yeah, I think so. It is what it is. Yeah. So let's get into these categories. So we're going to be I'm going to be giving the nominees for each category, and then Dom and I are going to predict which one's going to win. Remember, we're not predicting which one we like the most in the category. We're predicting which one will be voted as the winner. So keep that in mind. So the first one is best indie game. The nominees are Carrion, Fall Guys, 
Hades, Spelunky 2, and Spiritfarer. Now, to refresh people's minds, Fall Guys is the game show-like elimination game that took the world by storm for like a month and a half uh, that released exclusively on PS4 and PC. Spelunky 2, obviously the sequel to the roguelike, uh, my beloved uh, Spelunky, uh, which only released on PS4 and PC as well. Hades, which also released on PS4, Switch, and PC. Spiritfarer, which is a beautiful, emotional game about death and coming to terms with it. And then Carrion, which is probably the one most people hearing this aren't familiar with, which was the 2D side-scrolling Metroidvania where you control like a monster, like an amorphous, grotesque sludge monster type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Out of all of these, here's my thought process here, Dom. Only one of these is nominated for game of the year as well. So my thinking is if something's nominated for game of the year, it's probably the best indie game that year. So my prediction is Hades. Yeah. And this is an unfortunate one. And it's something that even though year in and year out, I tell myself I need to do a better job of, and I still haven't done it is I need to play more of the indie games. And I've not played a single one of these. Um, I've watched a bit of fall guys uh, being played on stream and actually just the other day bought Hades. So I am going to get into it, but um, awesome. Otherwise, don't have much experience with these games, but yeah, it feels like Hades is people. So many people love it so much. Um, so I, it's hard to see anything else winning this one. Well, and the sad thing too, so Carrion and Spiritfarer both launched into Game Pass and I've yet to get to them. They're actually two of the games I'm looking to play over the holiday break. Carrion is only like a three hour game as well. So it's like oh, okay. hop in, check it out, hop out. Right. Uh, and then the other three, Fall Guys, Hades, Splunky as a primary Xbox user, I'm just waiting for them to come to Xbox so I can get the achievements tied to them before I really sink mm-hmm. my teeth in. So that's literally, I've talked to you, I've probably talked your ear off about how much I love the first Blunky. So I'm literally just waiting for that to come to Xbox. And then Hades, I've heard so much good stuff about that. I've actually thought about purchasing on PS4, but I'm holding off on that. And then Fall Guys as well. That game's not going to be fun for me unless I'm playing with my friends. Most of my yeah. friends play on Xbox. So that's just what it is. Uh, so we're both there on Hades, which makes sense. You draw the line there. It's the only one nominated for Game of the Year. It should win Best Indie Game then. I was just That's how my brain works, you know. Put one dot to the other. Um, next up, we're going to be talking about Best Narrative. So obviously this is story uh, overall. Uh, this is writing, acting, everything that ties into the overall narrative of a game. The nominees are 13 Sentinels, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. Now, I want to give props to Hades because not often do you see an indie game on best narrative list. And that's one of the things you see this game. It's like a roguelike. It's a, what's happening there. You're running through these levels. There's not much there. It's based on Greek mythology. But people have said the performances in that game of each of the characters is really good. And the story mm-hmm. itself brings you in, which I think is why a game like Hades is nominated for Game of the Year, right? Um, because it has that additional, oh, it also has an incredible narrative. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at 13 Sentinels, kind of a niche game. Ghost of Tsushima, people enjoyed it, but I don't know if to the extent of some of these other titles. Final Fantasy VII Remake, it's literally retreaded territory. It's, it's a can't. remake. I can't uh, with that. And also, no spoilers, but the final like two hours of that game literally become nonsensical. Uh, I really enjoyed Final Fantasy VII Remake. The ending of that kind of tarnished the overall experience for me in that game. So it really comes down to me to Hades and Last of Us Part Two, and to me, I don't see any world where Hades wins over The Last of Us Part Two. Whether you love the game, hated the game, it was divisive. I think there's an argument to be made that the best narratives often leave 
the person who experienced them questioning things, whether positively or negatively. And I think that does mean at the end of the day, your narrative was powerful in some way or another. And yeah, I think it's the last of us part two. Yeah. I, I, 13 Sentinels. I don't know the first thing about, so you know, I'm going to just plead ignorance on that one. So anyway, final fantasy, this being in best narrative to me, I just, I, this is nostalgia, right? It's already been written, you know? I mean, maybe best it was best narrative <laughs> in 1997 or whenever, whenever it came out. But this, to me, is it's the same story, maybe a few minor changes from the original, right? So, like, that's interesting to me. It doesn't help that I also really didn't enjoy the game at all. The narrative <laughs> I didn't like. So, it, you know, grain of salt. Uh, and, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima was a great game. The, narratively, it was good. Um, it wasn't, you know, anything... in crazily special narrative wise it was just a really it was a good story you know nothing nothing right and one of the criticisms leveraged at it right was the whole honor thing like oh of course sure a japanese character is trying to get their honor back it's like okay yeah and it's like yeah that might fit in a samurai game i guess i don't i don't know i'm not the one i'm not the expert there but yeah it's like here we go again with it so it kind of was just it fit a mold almost to me yeah um so it's it was fine hades again i gotta get into it i'm excited to start it up because that was apparently um the, the story is really good the characters like you said but especially in a roguelite um where story doesn't you normally take front and front seat right so um apparently like they did some innovative stuff with with that so i'm excited to see what that's about so to me like it's like the last of us um if you try to like do the math again connect the dots like you said like 90 percent of the vote for these is from those uh, outlets right the same outlets that rated the games on metacritic right where people adored the last of us even though it's overall like with its user base divisive it seemed like re- most reviewers um seemed, liked it a lot so i would say scored that it highly a, yeah yeah a likely winner here and just to clarify too i've misspoken uh dom is right it is a roguelite the difference being roguelite means your progress carries over from run to run roguelike is when your progress doesn't carry over um that's just <laughs> well i was way to- I was right, but not on purpose. I, I didn't even know that it was two different words. I guess I got lucky. Yeah. So Spelunky is a roguelike where it's your progress doesn't carry over at all. It's just about okay. learning new aspects of the game. Whereas a game like Hades or I think scary. Rogue Legacy as well, like your progress carries from run to run. And you get upgrades and new items and all of that stuff. Um, so we're both on The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, Great Minds Think Alike. We're kind of head in head on this one. Next up, uh, Best Art Direction. So the nominees, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two. It has to be Ori, right, Dom? Uh, yeah, I think, to, like, this is the one category where The Last of Us, I don't really think it's an incredibly good-looking, realistic-looking game, but, like, art direction, it's not, you know, necessarily unique, right? So I would rule that one out. Final Fantasy Remake, maybe. Just because, um, you know, they took what was an old game and and redid the art for it, so I guess I could I could see that. But to me, it's it's really between Ori and Ghost of Tsushima too. Like same, that yeah. was one of the things that I loved the most about that game was it was super beautiful. Everything looked so nice. Um, it could have been, um, you know, if it, it if it was a more generic looking game art wise, then like it would have been, you know, another Assassin's Creed game basically not that that's a bad thing of course but um that the art the art direction in that game was to me what set it apart so i would pick that of course i haven't played ori yet so i i'm, I'm you know 
got a gap. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that... Well, I guess Hades has an argument, too. Like, Hades has a really cool art style. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm with you. I think, obviously, Last of Us Part Two is beautiful. But when I think of art direction, I think of, like, committing to a certain visual style that doesn't necessarily have to be something we haven't seen before. But I, I guess Last of Us Part Two's commitment to a more realistic... Um, art style kind of hurts it in this category for me, which it yeah, shouldn't. I agree. Uh, and that seems a little backwards, but um, yeah. And Final Fantasy VII Remake is kind of that too. Obviously, it's a lot more fantastical than Last of Us Part Two, but it still is leaning towards realistic, whereas Ori, there's a definitive art style. Ghost, there's a definitive art style. And Hades, there's a definitive art style. So um, I'm I'm down with any of them winning, but if I'm putting my money on it, I, I think Ori's going to take it because you know, we'll get into later. You talked about snubbing. I think this is where, you know, people are like, okay, Ori is one of the best games of the year. Deserves something, and obviously, it has yep. the best case for art direction. So it's where you make up for the snub, right? Yeah, exactly. And obviously, it's not exactly how voters vote, but you know, there's some thinking yeah. there. Uh, next up, best game direction. Um, obviously, there's always an argument to be made of like, well, what's the difference between best game direction and game of the year? And the way I piece it in my mind is best game direction is, like, technically the best game, right? The best narrative, the best mechanics, like, doesn't have bugs, anything like that. Game of the year to me is more of, like, a, a feeling, like a theme of the year overall. Like, it fits what the Harder year is. Harder to quantify, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's a little bit more like, you know, a, like loose clay that you mold into whatever you need to for any given year. Whereas mm-hmm. game of the year is like, oh, uh... I'm sorry, best game direction is like, oh, this is the best product that was put on store shelves from top to bottom. And so specifically looking at the description on the Game Awards website, right, uh, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. So I'm really, for me, I was really looking at the innovation um, and design part of this. Yeah. And, you know, though it highlights a specific director for that game, obviously this award goes to all the other developers who worked in it as well. Um, but part of it is cool that, you know, we see these best director awards in film and TV. It's nice to see some of these game directors, though, they're a fraction of why these games get made. Uh, see, so yeah. get some, some spotlight themselves. Uh, so the nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, and The Last of Us Part II. Um, I really think this is going to go to Last of Us Part II. I think this is Neil Druckmann's award. Uh, all of these games are tremendous. And the reason I say this is, out of all of these games, I think that probably Final Fantasy VII Remake and Last of Us Part II have the most noted directors of their games, right? Um, And we'll get into this with Game of the Year. I don't necessarily know if Last of Us Part II has a chance for Game of the Year, considering everything that's going into it. And I do think that, like we talked about with the Ori thing with Art Direction... I do think people want to shine a light on how good of a product Last of Us Part Two was. And the fact that, you know, Hideo Kojima often gets lauded for some of the interesting narrative and mechanical decisions he makes in the Metal Gear games of kind of playing with the, the player's mind, right? Like outside of the game, switching controller ports, all of that weird stuff. And I do think, obviously it's not to the same level, but Naughty Dog doing what they did with the narrative of Last of Us Part Two, once again avoiding spoilers for those who haven't played it, but they do something interesting midway through that game that is a big risk. And obviously we talked about the divisive nature of the game with the community and they knew that was going to happen um, for better or worse uh, for the good criticisms and the bad for doing something like that. Um, yeah. I just think that 
it's the clear decision here. I think the only one that could possibly take it from it, in my opinion, is Hades because of the fact that it is an indie game with such a clearly strong narrative, which is rare for that genre, which then mm -hmm. could lead voters to being like, okay, this is something we haven't necessarily seen in this genre, which means they must have incredible direction from the top down. Therefore, Hades could get the vote there. Um, and I think Alex is going to suffer from the not as many people played it that were voting. So, Last of Us Part 2 is my vote on this of what I think is going to win. Yeah, um, I I'm in a similar boat. I most quickly uh, crossed off Final Fantasy and, and Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and Hades, I, I think it has an argument. Like, I think you're right. Um, but ultimately, like... The way I'm viewing this one, and this is tough. This is where it's tougher. It's you know, it's, this isn't as simple as art direction, right? Um, I think I'm coming at it also, like you said, as a, a from a perspective of this: who's the director, and what did it take to direct and make this game, and what did it do differently? And um, hey, I don't want this to sound bad, but like The Last of Us Part Two is an enormous game, right? Like spent years and years making this, like a huge team, right? A lot of hours, um, and so I don't want to say like it's more of an accomplishment because of that than Hades which is probably you know a much smaller team but from like a directorial standpoint that's got to be more difficult to get a bigger project done with yeah. a, a higher level of quality you know what I mean playing devil's advocate couldn't you argue that the director of Hades maybe had more overall maneuvering and say on the direction of Hades than Neil Druckmann did on Last of Us Part 2 so you could make the argument that that director had more of an effect on the product than Neil Druckmann did on his product I'm just sure. playing devil's advocate on yeah. that. <laughs> sure. I mean, I could see that too, but like, this is like, you know, the, we tend to give the most credit to the director for better or exactly, worse. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of my perspective. I'd, so I'd say last of us also, but then like, again, uh, a big gap for me was half-life Alex. And supposedly like, I, I think it's, you know, from reading a lot of reviews, like, Oh, we like, this is finally like the VR game. This is the game that can show, like, it's no, it's no more, like, just tech demos of, like, here's what VR can do. It's, like, this is a studio doing those things in a full game and showing everyone, like, this is, like, this is everything. This is um, uh, this is the Half-Life 2, or the original Half-Life, right, of kind of, like, that ground groundbreaking experience. Um, and it, But, again, it just, I think, unfortunately, it's just too inaccessible for that to get the recognition it might deserve from based on what i've read and i don't have that knowledge myself but so i still vote or i still think last of us takes this well and to your point the definition of this category said the word innovation and it's hard to deny the innovation half-life alex had exactly. in that space. So, yeah yeah I, I think we're both of the mind of like hades half-life alex last of us part two i could easily see any of them winning the surprises mm -hmm. would be remake or ghost of tsushima um yeah but we'll see what happens there I, have we been the same on all of these? What was your definitive answer there? Last of Us Part Two? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we're the same. I know. Exciting guys out there. Everyone out there listening, hoping for a while. This is where I think we'll have, we'll differ possibly, and I'm not going to give you my answer until the end. So I'm actually going to have you go first. And this okay. is Game of Good the idea. Year. So the nominees here are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part Two. Take it away, Dom. So I'm going to do the, the thing I, I don't like to do it, but I'm going to start with I'm gonna, my easy cross-offs, right? <clears throat> okay. Final Fantasy, Ghost of Tsushima, Doom Eternal. I'm sorry, guys, but um, again, Ghost of Tsushima, great game. Didn't necessarily like do anything new. Um, to me, it's like it just did everything it was trying to do. 
well, uh, but none of those were new things. It was just like, a, you know, a really great Assassin's Creed game in a setting we always wanted. And a few small details, like I mentioned, art direction, uh, a big detail, but that, that's, you know, set it a little bit apart, but it's just And when not... is an Assassin's Creed game going to win game of the year, even a good one, you know? It, exactly. So to me, it just isn't quite there. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy, I just... I... <laughs> I don't like the game, so I'm, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, Doom Eternal. Uh, the, I actually haven't played Eternal. really loved Doom 2016. Um, and from, from what I've read on Eternal is it's, you know, a, an evolution on the previous game, not so much a revolution. So it kind of maybe similar to Ghost of Tsushima where, like, it's a lot of that's been done, um, and it's great, but it's not. It's not going to cross that threshold of game of the year, especially with some of the other ones I'm getting to. So, like, to me, uh, again, okay, so then Hades, I think I'd eliminate next. Um, and it's tough. Um, maybe maybe my opinion will change after I played this game myself for a little while, but um, it, I don't know if I have a good reason. It just feels like maybe, maybe it'll benefit from being later in the year than the next two, but I just, I don't know how to explain it or quantify it, but it just doesn't, come close to the next two for me so um we talked a lot already about the last of us and i think um narratively what it did and it it was part of the gameplay too you know um it was incredible i don't like brave you know or challenging and like you said it this the narrative left people like thinking at least you know uh, pretty deeply um and then it excelled in every other like technical field right like it was beautiful it played really well the the gameplay was much deeper and um the characters are great the dialogue the acting like it's all really like just really incredible almost like the problem is like we kind of expected that you know um and even though naughty dog i think like set a new bar for everybody including themselves in, in all those areas like they beat their last they beat uncharted 4 and all that stuff right um we almost expected that unfairly but they they did it nonetheless um but this year was was weird um and i think that being that we were in a literal pandemic and all the issues that came with that you know for a lot i don't know like i think the last of us might get knocked a little bit because it just wasn't the right game for a lot of people at the right time um you know people i don't think people were necessarily looking for like this this game that is really great um but it just kind of emotionally beat the shit out of you you know, it's draining. Um, yeah, draining is a good a good way to put it. So I'm I'm actually gonna say that <clears throat> I th- and I, if it were me, I would I would vote The Last of Us because for me that was the answer. But I think Animal Crossing actually takes this, um, just because it was literally the opposite of what I just said about The Last of Us. Right, instead of a game that is emotionally draining and kind of depressing, Animal Crossing was um, obviously like the biggest Animal Crossing game and got into the hands of a ton of people who've never played the series before and people became obsessed with it right it was a lot of people were streaming it a lot of celebrities were getting into it all that kind of stuff but it brought it did the opposite thing emotionally than the last of us were like it was just simple and uh just i feel like brought a lot of happiness to a lot of people um and i think one of the things you told me early on about it was like it's just chill vibes it just feels good um <laughs> yeah and i can't speak to like a lot of the technical aspects of it that I, you know, that I could like regarding the last of us, um, maybe, you know, and for animal crossing it, it, I don't think it's like technically that impressive of a game. It's imperfect Um, in a lot of ways. Imperfect, not perfect. And it, making sure people are, and it's simple, right? It's like a simple game and there's not like crazy, 
innovative mechanics and cool accessibility features and like a lot of the stuff we see in something like the last of us but i think what it meant and what it did for a lot of people this year i think is actually i think it comes out on top here yeah and i do think the blow is a little bit easier to take it if last of us part two wins best game direction right because it's like then people understand that and it is the, what, what do you come down to the definition of Game of the Year being for you? I'm with you. I think the easy knockoffs are Doom Eternal and Ghost of Tsushima. Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think a lot of people are going to be voting with nostalgia, so I think that's going to get a lot more votes than we yeah, probably, probably assume right. it would. Yeah. Uh, and Hades is an indie darling, and people love an underdog. Like, generally, humans just love an underdog. Yep. That being said, the reason I think Assass- Assassin's Creed, I saw AC and automatically thought of that, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons is going to get more votes than last of us part two overall is because i think it's going to get the most second place votes so i think a lot of people are probably going to put last of us part two at number one or final fantasy 7 remake maybe there's one or two people that do doom eternal some people do ghost of tsushima some people love the indie game they do hades but i think across the board and obviously uh, animal crossing will get some first place votes as well but i think across the board people are going to have that sentiment of animal crossing right being a game that was comforting for people in this very tough time that we're dealing with mm-hmm. and therefore whenever they be like oh what gets the edge for me i think it's last of us part two yeah but animal crossing you know i'm going to put that at number two where people are like, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake lived up to expectations for me. I can't believe it did that. Number two, you know, Animal Crossing, I think, is, you know, is deserving of what it did this year for everyone. So that's why I think Animal Crossing is going to do it is because a lot of these other games are going to split votes and Animal Crossing is going to be the consistent finisher at the top, whether it's first, second, or third among all voters, right? That's so is that... So I know, like, for the fan vote, which is, like, a tiny weighted percentage of what counts, right? We just pick one. You just get to vote for one in the category. So do the outlets then get to give a tiered vote like that? I have no idea. It's just my assumption. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> okay, in terms okay. of voting, that's how I would assume it would work best because if you just have people vote on a single – that's how they do MVP voting for sports is they have people okay. rank them, right? Uh, that's when people get a unanimous. It's because everyone voted them number one. Um, so it's my assumption. I could be wrong. It could be singular votes. I, I don't know. I just think to what you right said, it, yeah, I think Animal Crossing is the game of the year in terms of what it did for people. And that's the unfortunate thing with Last of Us Part Two. I think, is maybe if that game released in every any other year, it'd be a different yeah. story yeah. in terms of people cheering it on. Obviously, it's a good game. Even if it was that, but... released in January, it would have been better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not um, July. Hey, it's just so draining on people, and I do think that whenever people who have experienced Animal Crossing think about it, it brings a smile to their face. Where I don't think... Even the people who love Last of Us Part Two the most, I don't think a smile is what first comes to your face when you think about no. that experience. No. Right? Absolutely. So, no. um, yeah, we're both on board there. Um, but but man, I do think it's really only between Animal Crossing and Last of Us. I don't see any yeah. of these other games winning. So mm-hmm. I do. I I think it's definitely worth pointing out though that like for a lot of these games, like they were released, you know, and like some chunk of their development, the the finish lines, like we're working from home or like during a pandemic all these other circumstances so like it's incredibly impressive like that all these games came out in the state that they did at all exactly you know yeah, and even getting it. adding on top of that something um like assassin's creed valhalla like you know on multiple platforms and it like all, all these games being able to release and how hard like people must have worked and like figured out how to work from home and separated like i don't that there's just a lot of that is impressive to me and um everyone deserves a lot of credit for making making all this shit happen it's pretty cool and just so people don't come at us saying like you picked the most obvious choices for game of the year, I think both of us last year were pretty 
pretty heavy on the fact that Sekiro could easily win game of the year. I, you know, and it ended up winning. So don't come at us thinking that we're just these, you know, top shelf people looking at the popular picks. Uh, anyways, uh, our personal goatee snub. But this is something I want to talk about real quick. For me, I don't know if Jedi Fallen Order necessarily deserved game of the year, but I think generally it didn't get in as many categories as I thought it would. Ori to me is my goatee snub of like, I think that game is incredible. Obviously had some technical difficulties, but it's had updates since then. I think it's one of the most visually impressive games of the year. I think design wise, it's fantastic. I think narrative wise, it's really, it's a Pixar movie once again. Um, And that's kind of the one thing that like, I think Hades, if Hades didn't exist, Ori would have taken its spot in goatee. And I'm not saying that only one indie can get into it, but it's hard enough for an indie. And, you know, you can make the argument Ori isn't really an indie. It's developed by Moon Studios. It's published by Microsoft. You know what I mean by that. Smaller projects, more scope. Um, but, yeah, Ori is my one snub of, like, man, it should have at least been nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah, for me, um, I was – I mean, I loved Fallen Order, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm a big Star Wars guy. So <clears throat> setting in, like, a, you know, the hard date – certain stops for what this year you know year was like like this fallen order probably would have been only like second to last of us uh you know out of all these games so like for me yeah. that was a big snub um i know a lot of people cite like well it was a little buggy and again like a lot of different platforms i didn't really you know it's not it's not like a lot of ps5 games that i'm playing now that are like perfect 60 frames per second type deals um well here's the thing too but, is like so. so i haven't played doom eternal but obviously i've read a lot of the criticisms for it right and i played ghost of Tsushima, and i was very much less favorable on it than you or even friend of the show chris noons i would put jedi fallen order in over both of those uh, just based on obviously mm-hmm. like what what i've read and what i experienced with each of those games um so yeah it, it's a great game man i think it's I think it's a better game than Dragon Age Inquisition, but I do think people have that weird sentiment about it of, like, they remember it being worse than what it was or something. I don't know. No, I I, would, I wouldn't even hesitate. It's ab- absolutely a better game than Dragon Age. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, like, again, I like to also think about circumstances. Um, fair or not, you know, maybe I shouldn't. But Jedi Fallen Order, you know, developed by Respawn, who had only made first-person shooters before that, and yep. they put out this like third person action adventure, you know, Sekiro combat style Star Wars game that had great characters. It just I don't know, it, like kudos to them. Why wasn't it in game direction either? It, good point. Yeah, I, yeah, could have been in there or art direction. Like I think, it, yeah, I think it got snubbed, man. Unfortunately, um, that sucks. But here's the thing, Dom is hopefully they understand this and they release the sequel in time so it gets the love it gets because i can't wait for the sequel to that game oh man yeah i can't wait um let's go to these announcement predictions so i have 10 questions for you dom i've already answered them i will give you my answer after you give your answer i already have mine written down and uh let me go to the sheet for it because i have the specific questions shorthanded on the tracker okay so you ready for these 10 questions dom they range the gamut from personal interest to games i know you don't care about but uh, you know, we're here to make predictions. We're not here to predict things we love all the time. First up, this one hits close to home, Dom. It's a two-part question. Will we finally see Elden Ring once again? And two, if so, will we get a release window at the end of the trailer? I think no to both. 
No to both. Okay. So I say yes to both. I think it, it's going to, we're going to get a trailer and then it's going to be 2021 at the end of it. Disconnected from this, have you seen these wild Demon Souls audio Easter egg things that are happening? No. So there's this Easter egg, and like I said, it's not connected to Elden Ring necessarily. You'll see why I brought it up. There's this Easter egg that some people are getting, and people have gotten it live on stream, and that's why it's been known. Of You'll be rolling through, and I haven't played Demon's Souls yet, so forgive me for my lack of like proper terminology. The main hub area of that game. The uh, Nexus. The Nexus. You'll be like People are like chilling on the stairs or whatever, and this audio will happen where it sounds like... Uh, like a hammer hitting an anvil, like a blacksmith, very loud. And it happens for like, some people have gotten it for a couple of seconds, but recently people have been getting these extended audios of like 10 to 15 seconds. And I haven't done it back to back to see if this is true, or if this is people just being hyperbolic, but people say it sounds like the hammer and anvil from the Elden Ring reveal trailer of that one, uh, blacksmith hitting the anvil with you know what I'm talking about making the ring and there's this wild theory even Vata Vidya who's a very well known from software YouTuber who goes into the lore and stuff of the games had talked about how is this like a weird like ARG easter egg lead up to the game awards where like the, the audio is getting longer and longer and then when the game awards happens we see Elden Ring because when the game first came out, the audio was being heard, like I said, and it was like three to five seconds. And recently, as of yesterday of the day of recording this, which is November, or sorry, December 3rd, it got really long, like 15 seconds. So really weird. Like I said, it's partially connected. I don't believe in all of that weird stuff. It might just be an audio bug. Who knows? Um, but I'm of the belief <laughs> if, we're seeing Elden Ring. Um, if you're right, I don't think this has anything to do with it. But yeah. Were if it were the same studio that made this Demon Souls remake, you know, that is making Elden Ring, then I would, you know, give an eye to this theory because they could do that. But being that it was, yeah, again, Blue Point, who made this Demon Souls game, that's just the uh, and like Elden Ring is going to be a multi-platform from software game. I don't know. I just well, also uh, from software no, doesn't own the Demon Souls IP, so it's like mm-hmm. why, yeah. Very weird. And Elden Ring has marketing rights with Xbox. We know that already. So it's like, yeah, none of that adds up. I just thought it was so weird. Um, yeah, people want to bleep. But yeah, so I'm we're going opposite on that one. Good to see since we were aligned on all of the you know, the nominee stuff. It's good to see we're going opposite on this one. Next up, I don't know if you've kept up with the latest Fortnite news, Dom. Uh, but according to leaked screenshots, uh, Kratos and Master Chief will be skins in Season 5. I don't know if you've seen these. They, like, legitimately leaked. You can see the Kratos skin. You can see the Master Chief skin. Um, it seems like they're going to be platform exclusive, which makes sense because when you do the back-end stuff for Kratos on other platforms, it comes up as, like, a default skin. So it's like, of course, it's probably just going to be available on probably PlayStation and then PC, you'd assume. Um so they're both leaked, right? Kind of confirmed at this point. Epic Games has talked about how, you know, they're they're going to be changing the way people see Fortnite, yada, yada, yada. So people are of the belief of a couple of things can happen, and I want to know from you, Dom, which one is most likely. One, are Kratos and Master Chief revealed and just them, right? We got the big PlayStation boy. We got the big Xbox boy. Each platform is getting each of them, right? Is that happening? Two, okay, Kratos is happening, Master Chief's happening. 
and they're going to reveal the Nintendo character. Probably not going to be Mario because, you know, Nintendo is like Mario holding guns. People are believing it's Samus because the Fortnite season is based on hunters. That's why the Mandalorian's in the game now. Kratos makes sense. Master Chief makes sense. They're all like loosely defined as hunters, right? So Samus for Metroid would make sense. If you pick this one, you got to give me the specific Nintendo character you think is going to represent Nintendo. Or the third option, it's Kratos and Master Chief as exclusive characters to those platforms. But we're just going to see other video game characters. Could be Sonic, could be this other random thing. And you need to give me one specific video game character that you think might be involved. Mm. So which one are you going with? Is it just mm. Kratos and Master Chief? Is it Kratos, Master Chief, and a Nintendo character I need you to name? Or is it Kratos, Master Chief, and at least another video game character I need you to name? Is this allowed? I'm going to give you another option. Okay. Um, another character, not a video game character, though, but another... Um, Dis- no, not Disney. It's going to be Wonder Woman. That's my guess. Because that movie's coming out, I just feel like... I don't know. I feel like we're going to so get another So your answer is Kratos, Master Chief, Wonder Woman. Yes, and that's... I, I, I don't get weird enough with these types of things, but we had okay. we've obviously had a bunch of Marvel stuff in Fortnite already, right? Um, and yeah, Nintendo to me seems unlikely. I don't know. I think I think they might be weirder about it. Um, kind of like with you said what you said about like Mario holding guns and like outside of that, it's like, well, what is what is going to be Link? I don't know. That seems odd. Um, I don't know if that quite fits, and I don't think Nintendo wants to do this kind of thing as much as some other IP holders. Again, my guess. And then, uh, yeah, like, there's probably a lot of other video game character examples that could that could fit here too. But I think they're, again, they did the Mandalorian because that's, that's going on right now and that's that's a big deal. Um, so I think, like, from Fortnite's perspective, they're trying to, like, what's in the zeitgeist in the moment, right? And then um, they just announced, like, Wonder Woman is coming out soon. It's going to be on streaming services. And it's probably not as big as I'm giving it credit for right now. But um, that's just my guess. So I had four different things I came down to and I, I eventually chose one, okay? My first thought was, what if it's like the Grinch? What if it's like this weird Christmas thing? <laughs> that could be it too. Grinch. I can see that. Uh, my second one was Vision and Wanda from the MCU because that yeah. series is happening in January. We have the Mandalorian, we have them. Mm-hmm. I can see that. My third one was Kratos, Master Chief, and Johnny Silverhand, which sure. is... Keanu Reeves' character in Cyberpunk. Two days before Cyberpunk releases, makes sense, right? They already have the John Wick skin in there. Put a Johnny Silverhand skin. But the one I eventually landed on was the boring old man vanilla answer of Kratos and Master Chief only. Like I said, uh, or like, not like I said, like you said, I think Nintendo's the least likely to be involved in this just because they're so weird about yeah. the, the way their characters are seen and yada, yada, yada. And why would they, unless they have a Metroid 4 metroid prime 4 announcement why would they want to bring up samus at all (laughs) in any capacity to piss off their fans so um yeah i'm going with kratos and master chief only i mean that's yours counts your additional detail counts of yeah like that's probably the most likely bet because like well those leaked right so like why wouldn't everything the only thing is i'm trying to think so we don't look like an idiot if wonder woman's already in the game or not because aquaman's in the game batman's in the game crap (laughs) i don't know if wonder woman's in the game so, I don't know. If it is just Batman and one, and uh, Aquaman, then I feel better about my, my pick, right? Yeah. I don't know if she's in, though. You might want to do a quick Google real quick to see, you know, Google Wonder Woman Fortnite skin. 
so you could change before we move on to the next prediction because I have no idea. I know Batman's in it. I know Aquaman's in it. I don't know if Wonder Woman is. Mm, okay. The thing is when you Google something like Wonder Woman Fortnite, you don't get a straight answer because it looks like people have custom created her. I can't tell if these are legit or not, though. These are like mod. I have no idea. This uh, looks like fan-created stuff, I think. So I, I don't think she so I'm Googling it. That's not that's not a Fortnite skin. You can tell by the body proportions of the first Google image. Okay. And the rest <laughs> of them are like uh, random like NPC characters. So, yeah, she's not in the game. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. you're good. You're good. Sticking with it. <laughs> I just didn't want us to look like idiots, though. When have we ever avoided that? Uh, <laughs> number three. This is something that I've thought about. Um, we saw the reveal of Mortal Kombat 11 at the Game Awards. Remember that? When it was meant to be one trailer and then the lightning broke through and Ed Boon was there and they revealed uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Based on their cadence of releases, we could be seeing the third entry in their very popular superhero fighting game next year. Do we see Injustice 3 teased? If so, how much of a tease? Yeah, why not? Sure. How much of a tease are we saying? Trailer? Logo? Th- yeah, I mean, Teaser yeah, trailer. trailer. The whole trailer, right? Okay. And yeah, like with gameplay, you know, interwoven, one of those deals. Yeah. I th- So my vote is yes, we see it. And I think it's a logo tease. We just get the logo. Might get some VO of like Superman saying something of like, Joker's not dead or, you know, some, something. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think it's pretty much going to be as, as teasable as a tease as you can get. Um, because I think part of it is with, COVID and everything, I think people are trying to hold their cards close to their chest because who knows if Netherrealm gets delayed at the beginning of next year and the game doesn't come out in the spring or summer as they usually do, and they don't want to have people you know, wishing for a trailer if they come out full bore. Who knows? Uh, but we'll see. Uh, next up, Jeff Keighley has a thing for Muppets, right? Always has Muppets involved one way or another in all the stuff he does. This one's simple. Do we see the Muppets again? Once again, haven't looked to see if they've been confirmed as presenters, so they could already be totally confirmed. Um, don't look this up, Dom. Don't look it up. Don't look it okay, up. Okay, okay. Because neither of us know. Uh, I want you to, and you, we can Google it afterwards, after our things have been locked in, because I think it'd be funnier that way. Uh, are they going to pop up again? And two, will it be the same ones we always see, or will there be some new Muppet faces? And obviously, I'll do the research, because I think there's only been uh, the chef and the weird shrimp dude i always forget their names yes new muppets old muppets we get new muppets new muppets and they're one of them is going to be uh, a firefighter (laughs) okay that's all i'm committing Uh, to very specific i'll since you went specific i'll go specific i think we're going to see them i think it's just going to be the old ones but I do think one of them is going to be wearing uh, uh, Keanu Reeves wig. He's going to have the Keanu Reeves hair and some kind of bit for the Game Awards. Uh, you want to do the Google real quick to see if the presenters have already been announced? Uh, Game Awards pleasure. Muppet presenting. Muppets. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. Keely and Elise Willems of uh, Funhouse are the two people who seem to love Muppets more than anyone on this planet. And Greg Miller of Kind of Funny is somebody who I... Didn't know existed that he hates Muppets. Really? He hates them. Yeah. I don't know why. So I don't I, know if it's a weird, like, doll fear thing, but yeah, hates Muppets. 
So I tried to Google Game Awards Muppets. Let me actually do 2020 Game Awards. Look up presenters. See, like, uh, on the official website, they should have a list of presenters, don't they? Oh, okay. That might be the case. And this makes for great radio, guys, but we got to figure out if we're complete idiots right away or not. Because usually he announces presenters, doesn't he? That sounds... He being Jeff Keighley. I say, I got categories out here. Go about, maybe? I don't know. What about the official Twitter account? Don't they tweet out stuff? Mm, so this is host. Oh, here's a list of presenters. I see it. So you know? Gal uh, Gal Gadot's presenting. So ooh, maybe that Wonder Woman skin. Oh, that's <laughs> Brie Larson's. I don't know. Uh, Brie Larson's presenting hasn't been a Captain Marvel skin yet. Uh. Looking through the rest of the the Eddie Vedder's performing. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm looking Muppets. through these real quick to see if uh, there's any more presenters they tweeted. Here's the thing. Jeff Keighley loves Muppets. If they were presenting, he would have tweeted about it by now, right? Okay, there's something. Um, hold on, I'm just scrolling through, seeing if there's any other presenters. Okay, the most notable ones seem to all be celebrities. And that leads us into our next prediction, which is kind of great. One of the presenters of the Game Awards this year, Dom, is Tom Holland. If you didn't know, Tom Holland is starring in this neat little indie project coming up soon called Uncharted. Uh, he's presenting, which means he's probably presenting as a marketing deal because that's how all these celebrity things always happen. It's like they present and then they pitch whatever they're selling. Do we see the Uncharted trailer? The first trailer for Uncharted. That movie's already been wrapped. It's already been finished filming. Why else would Tom Holland be on stage, right? Unless it's like a Spider-Man skin in the game, right? A Fortnite, maybe? Uh, do we see the first trailer for Uncharted? Best place to debut it, the Game Awards. Is it? I don't know. I'm wondering if that's actually something that... Like, the Game Awards audience, uh, you know, largely is aware of Uncharted... As a thing Let me specify real quick, because I, I understand what you're saying. What if, even by that, I'm not saying full trailer. What if it's like, here's a brief glimpse of the trailer, uh, and then they show a teaser, and then maybe we see the full thing for the Super Bowl, right? Because that makes the most sense of like. But even if he shows a snippet of it, that counts. So what do you think? Do we see anything of Uncharted at all? And if not, as a bonus to this prediction, why? What is? Because he has to be pitching something dumb. That's how these celebrity things always work. It might be something we don't know about. It might be something weird. Uh, but what do you think if it isn't the Uncharted trailer or a snippet of it, why he's presenting? So is there never just like a oh he's in a a lot of movies that this audience likes? It's there's never it's always kind of well, like a, a deal. Yeah, at a movie awards thing, but we're talking about celebrities coming to this and every time we've had a celebrity at the game awards, they're tied to something, whether it's a video mm -hmm. game related or they show a trailer, right? The whole reason the Fast and Furious crew was there last year is they showed that game, but then they also showed a trailer for the new Fast movie, right? So, okay, I think yeah, then that's. I mean, especially I didn't realize that it was done filming, so that definitely is. Um, I haven't. I mean, no one's seen. There's no trailers for it yet, right? So, um, yeah, why not? I mean, Super Bowl almost seems like too big for that um, potentially. Maybe NBA Christmas Day, right? That's a something big event like too. that. Yeah, yeah, some something coming up. But uh, so yeah, I will say yeah, we do see. A not, not like a full trailer, you know, like a two-minute, three-minute kind of trailer, but like a some kind of small tease, I think. And then, like, 
a proper Dude, you know what it could totally be too that totally fits the game awards tom i want to show you the look of uh me and mark Wahlberg on set as nate and sully right and it cuts the behind the scenes shot of them yeah. in the costume I could on location i could totally see that too that yeah. counts so it might not be a trailer specifically but some yeah. info around that movie i'm into it yeah dude Tom Holland has such a crazy life right now. He went from being like a no-name to being Spider-Man, obviously. He finished filming Uncharted, Dom, and then less than, in less than a week, he flew to Atlanta, Georgia to start filming the third Spider-Man film. Oh, sweet. That's wild. Yeah. Um, I love him, too. He's one of my favorite actors. I still need to see that Netflix movie he was in, and then there's mm-hmm. a new movie he's coming out in called Cherry, which is directed and produced by the Russo brothers, who did a lot of the Marvel movies. <clears throat> is that the and sci-fi he, one? No, no, no. You're thinking of the one with uh, Daisy Ridley, which I can't remember yes. the name of. The Cherry, he was an army vet who gets addicted to opioids. It's like a kind of tragic story, and then he ends up becoming a bank robber or something. And it looks like, I don't want to put it as trivial as this, but it looks like Tom Holland's first Oscar bait film, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it looks really good. Anyways, next up. Xbox has revealed that we're going to see, you know, we're getting 17 games, I think, before December 15th for Xbox Game Pass, but then including Control, which is super dope. But they, they're they kind of saying that we're going to see another announcement of game, Xbox Game Pass at the Game Awards for games the rest of the holiday. And I just have a question of, like, bomb may be too strong of a word, but what's the Game Pass announcement at the Game Awards? For me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first in this one, Dom. I think it's Hades. I think it's a perfect place. Everyone's been waiting to see when Hades is going to come to Xbox. I think partnering with that developer of like, yo, it's going to be the biggest stage you guys are going to be on. What's better than an, another marketing push of like, we're coming to a new platform, right? Uh, for that game. So my vote is Hades in terms of their big. And, you know, normally it wouldn't be that big of an announcement, but hearing Hades possibly win best indie game or game of the year or art direction and then coming to game pass it's like oh you know what i mean perfect pairing that's a good one and very yeah it seems very likely too <clears throat> and would get like it's like realistic but like also yeah like a bomb still um i'm wondering uh because we know that final fantasy 7 remake is coming to xbox right like oh yeah that would be a big one too there might be details that are known already that i'm not aware of but i feel like what's taking it so long is there still an exclusivity deal and if the case like if that's the case like at what point can they talk about it and like potentially that's like you know development is far along and they're just waiting for some you know a contract to expire to where they can talk about it and then it's like boom it's not only is it finally coming to xbox but it's coming right in the game pass boom like bitch you know like one of those and it's again i can shit talk that game all day but people love that and i think that'd be a big one uh, I think the one that would drop Jaws, Dom, in the gaming space, not generally, if Atlas somehow finished their deal with PlayStation and Persona 5 was announced for Game Pass, that would be wild. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you don't think that'd be wild? I think that'd be bigger than Final Fantasy. Nah. That's, I don't know. I think... um that's like a. I think it would be a big deal. It's it's it'd be a good thing. Maybe like, bigger than Final Fantasy, a little much. It'd be. I think it'd be slightly more as jaw dropping. Maybe a little less jaw dropping than Kingdom Hearts. Definitely more than Yakuza. Definitely more than. Yes. Yakuza. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. But I would say less than Kingdom Hearts. Right. I'm trying to see where it fits in that space. I still think it would be a big deal for the people who watch the Game Awards. Like you know, Xbox gamers have heard about this Persona series forever, and if that came to 
Xbox. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, and I think that that could you mean I mean that seems like possible for sure. Um, and it reminds me of I don't think it was last Game Awards, but sometime in the past year, um, they had Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, yep. get announced for xbox and go right into game pass and I, in fact i think it's like tomorrow where that actually finally happens right um, got it pre-downloaded yep and, and that was oh no it was e3 or it was their e3 but it was in the pre-show for e3 and i remember kind of thinking like huh i thought it'd be a bigger deal um of an announcement like a series that you know hasn't really been on xbox much if ever i'm missing knowledge there personas or are you talking about dragon quest dragon quest has yeah. never been on xbox Okay, I thought so. So, like, not only are they, like, you know, getting, like, the, the most well-known or, like, highest-profile game in that series yet, um, but it's coming, again, right into Game Pass, and that was a pre-show announcement. So, like, I thought that could have been worthy of, like, being in their E3 showcase. Um, now, Persona 5 would be a step, you know, one step, I think, bigger than Dragon Quest Eleven, you know, but I don't know if it's, like, that jaw-dropping. But and when cool. we talked about uh, best indie game, I mentioned that Fall Guys, Hades and uh spelunky 2 are games that a lot of xbox gamers especially me have been waiting for right any of those three games in terms of indie titles coming to game pass day and date would be huge too obviously not huge huge but like everyone wants to play hades from the critical reception fall guys definitely needs a second level of resurgence and coming out on xbox could do that for everyone who's been waiting to play that game Mm -hmm. and then obviously uh the last one as well so we'll see what happens there uh what's your official answer you're going with Final Fantasy VII Remake? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Shooting for the stars. Next up, this is an easy one we could blow by in a couple of seconds. Is there a chance we see a next-gen upgrade announcement at the Game Awards? I say no. Uh, of new consoles? No, no, no. Uh, like, a game's getting a next-gen upgrade that we haven't heard of yet. Could oh. So, could it be something as vague as, like, Mass Effect Trilogy confirmed for next-gen because it hasn't been? Or cyberpunk gets its next gen release date or some random third party licensed game is like hey we're making a next gen version and no one cares i think none of that happens i'm saying no to any of it yeah i think no i think that stuff is kind of it's been annoying and i and i think like they just not they're just no one's gonna mess with it because you could say oh yeah the cyberpunk you know next gen patch is coming out in march whatever or the avengers next you know like in that just... A tweet gets as big as a papa. Uh, uh, you, you don't need anything more than a tweet. Now. Yeah, you know, I agree. So, yeah, no. Next up, uh, speaking of that Mass Effect trilogy remaster, do we see a trailer for it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, like a decent trailer, like a teaser trailer. Like, what? What are you thinking? I, I think like like this is like the proper reveal to me because um, that's we don't know the date, right? But it's like spring twenty twenty one. I think something like that. You know, you know what I mean. So this is like February or March or something. So like, yeah, let's we're gonna get rolling on a trailer. Like, this is a big series. Like this is a big deal, and we've not had. I think we've been mostly leaks or whatever thus far. But like, let's get the marketing train rolling on this. Um, like, let's get it out there. So I think it's time. You would think that the big, arguably one of the biggest Mass Effect fans ever would say like, "Yeah, we're definitely seeing a trailer. I'm so excited. I can't wait." I'm gonna go with no. The fact that we heard about the rumor of this thing existing for so long and EA took forever to even announce that it was a thing. And I get waiting for N7. I totally get like adding that to the tradition. But with the, you know, I'm bringing in some outside news that happened recently of like the departures of Bioware and everything. I don't know. I'm being a little bit hesitant and a little bit pessimistic and I'm saying we're not getting a trailer. 
I think they maybe save that for their own EA presentation at the beginning of the year that they're going to hold uh, some weird thing. I you could know, see so. that. Yeah. yeah, I'm going with no, as much as it kills me. Next up, we mentioned Nintendo during the Fortnite skin thing, but uh, they have a strong tradition with Game Awards. It's where we first saw Breath of the Wild 2. It's where we saw the Breath of the Wild DLC, so on and so forth. Um, it's a two-part question, Dom. Do we see Nintendo? Do they make an appearance? And if so, is it an update to a game we know of? That being Metroid Prime 4, Breath of the Wild 2, yada, yada, yada. Or is it a surprise announcement? And by that, just meaning it's a game we didn't know existed. Not a game we hoped existed. Like, say, for instance, Super Mario Odyssey 2 gets announced, right? Though we've talked about that being a possibility, that's not a known quantity, right? So that would go in the category of surprise announcement. Whereas Metroid Prime 4 has been announced, so therefore it is an update on a game we know about, right? So which one do you think it is, if Nintendo shows? There absolutely going to show and we're going to get a full proper trailer and a full name for the sequel to breath of the wild it won't be breath of the wild 2 of course it'll have its own subtitle um in fact it might not even be i think it'll be the legend of zelda and then something else right um or the two that are tied the og ones it's uh majora's mask and what what's the question there's the two classic Zelda titles that are tied together that were made on the yeah. same engine. Uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Yeah, so those don't have a, a name tied together with one another. So mm-hmm. to think that it'll be like Breath of the Something or Something of the Wild doesn't seem like what's going to happen. Right. And there's not going to be a second semicolon either. It's not going to be Zelda, Breath of the Wild, <laughs> colon, Fallen Jedi, Order. Right. Colon, <laughs> yeah. Fallen Order, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it'll be a, a new name, The Legend of Zelda, colon, um, you know, whatever. But, like, the font will be the same from Breath of the Wild. And, obviously, like, the art style will be the same, right? Um, and we're going to get the proper trailer for it. <clears throat> and no date, though. You know, no release window or anything like that. Because um, then, obviously, we're going to run wild with speculating, like, next year, this year, whatever. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and no... Actually, no, yeah, no gameplay in the trailer. Just a little bit more cinematic little story context that won't make much sense to us but it'll be breath of the wild so people you know blow their lids on it so you kind of already answered my 10th my 10th question which is what's the big mic drop announcement which it seems like you already have that yeah. all figured out with the breath that of the wild too the one thing i came uh, <laughs> into this conversation like this i think is gonna happen i think it's time they've been pretty i mean animal crossing was a huge deal but like otherwise nintendo's had a quiet year Paper um, Mario and then and what, Paper like Mario Pikmin and Hyrule Pikmin. Warriors and like That's pretty much it. Mario All Stars was you know cool, but also kind of came out to a thud or a dud. You know, I like, still need to buy that before March. Thank you for reminding me <laughs> before it disappears. Yeah, um, and like that should that could have and should have probably been better and a bigger deal than it was in my opinion. But I think you know like that's because like. They got Breath of the Wild in their back pocket, and they're going to blow everyone's doors off with it. Um, yeah, I'm going with it. So, uh, to answer number nine, I do think they make an appearance. I do think they show Breath of the Wild 2. I'm going to change my big mic drop announcement, because mine was Breath of the Wild 2, but you have that, and I think it'd be cool if we had different ones. Now, initially, I was thinking, man, Super Mario Odyssey 2. This is something I've wanted mm-hmm. forever, Tom. <laughs> I'm a menace. I went through and got all 999 moons. I'm a lunatic. But I'm going to make it a little bit interesting. Mine's a combo pack two for one deal right sales shelf 
getting it for a really good price, $9.99. Do you, tangent real quick, do you remember at like your local Walmart or like, you know, Target or whatever, they'd have those like stands with like all the really old DVDs for like $4.99 and you're like, what is yeah. this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, that just reminded me of the bargain bin shell thing. Anyways. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry. Separate tangent. I recently heard a kid refer to a blockbuster as old person to Netflix and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm like, whoa. All right. It's <laughs> really old. funny. Yeah. Uh, anyways, my big mic drop announcement is we're going to see a legitimate gameplay reveal of Ninja Theories Senua's Sacrifice 2, which is Senua's Saga. We're going to see gameplay reveal, right? Because we got that really cool, dope uh, initial reveal at the Game Awards last year, I believe. So we're going to get actual gameplay. Um... But that's going to happen, like, in the middle of the show, right? As cool as Senyo Saga 2 is, it's not going to, you know, do something like Breath of the Wild 2. Now, here's the thing. Breath of the Wild 2 happens before the Game of the Year award, Dom. It's actually not the final mic drop. The final mic drop is Jeff Keighley comes up on stage. Well, technically, they don't have a stage. He comes up on screen on whatever stage he's on in whatever random room he's in, quarantining. And he says, you know what? Microsoft is kind enough to show us Hellblade Senua's Saga 2. Hellblade 2 Senua's Saga. Uh, but that wasn't the only thing they gifted us with to show you guys. I am proud to present the world reveal of the Initiative's first game. And we get a title of the game. We get like a thematic tease. And then they're out. Like, we don't get actual gameplay or like a cinematic trailer or whatever. But we get, like, a theming of the game. So, like, it'll confirm whether or not it's, like, a spy espionage thing that's been, you know, um, teased at for, like, related to Perfect Dark. Or is it something more, like, horror-focused? Like, what exactly is it? Like, we'll know the theme of the Initiative's game, and we'll know the title, finally. We'll finally know the damn title. I'm not going to go as far to say we're going to get a, a release, like, a window or whatever. But I do think it's going to, like, finish with, like, the splash of, like, Xbox Series S and X, you know? <laughs> That's my combo pack. Okay. All right. I like it. Because um, I, I was really heavy and convinced on, you know, Breath of the Wild 2 is going gonna, is gonna to make an appearance. But I'm also pretty convinced that first-party Xbox is going to make an, you know, a, a big splash as well. Um, and I think the new Hellblade is likely. That makes a lot of sense. But I think that, yeah, they have something like bigger like i think they're gonna make a bigger splash than just that because xbox has also been big with the game awards and i mean series x right revealed well, new console release no halo like i do think they still need to build anticipation and excitement mm -hmm. for their console yep. um and i think it's way too early for them to re-reveal halo infinite so there has to be something up their sleeve and the only reason i would say breath of the wild 2 you know they could happen in either order but going with Breath of the Wild 2 happening before and not being the final announcement is it's a known quantity. So I think revealing like actual gameplay and stuff wouldn't it wouldn't hit as hard as a f one last thing because usually you want the one last thing to be something no one knows about, right? Like you're like something no one saw coming. I think a lot of people are anticipating seeing more from Breath of the Wild 2. And I think having that happen before the Game of the Year award, I don't know. I just think it's a better pacing for the show, you know? I think we're going to see quite a bit of Breath of the Wild 2 if they show it. Nintendo usually reveals a game and then gives us a good chunk afterwards. They don't like drip feed for their games, you know? So, we'll see. 
excited for the game awards um you know this is some a win that we need this year with everything going on yeah. and i do think a lot of these companies are going to deliver i think sony's the only one that both doesn't need to show up in a major way and two probably won't show up in a major way that being said i could totally see them bringing something but i do think nintendo's in a place with their lack of major releases this year and xbox without halo infinite at launch they're the two that i think are pushing to show up big and mm-hmm. I think they're the most likely out of the big three. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we ran a little long, so we don't have time for what we've been playing. I want to mention real quick, I'm about two and a half hours into Miles. Dom, I just got oh, past cool. the Christmas dinner where I got introduced to Finn, uh, his old best friend. Um, I want to say just real quick, opening of that game is incredible. You'd assume that they'd use music expertly in a Miles Morales game, and they have. Really enjoying it. Um, yeah, the do. snow has done enough to change the environment for me so far. And it's so weird how the mechanics are muscle memory for me, Dom. Like, I jumped in, and I didn't feel lost at all, even though I hadn't played Spider-Man in over, like, a year and a half. I got the swinging down. I got the combat yep. down. The addition of the Venom punches and stuff. Feeling real good, man. I can't wait to get into more of it. Yep. But, like I said, only two and a half hours in. I had that, too, um, man. It was, like, the first swing was, like, oh, crap, how do I do this? And then, like, maybe 30 seconds later, I was, like, oh, I know how to do this shit. Come on. like. And, you know, we talk about representation and... Obviously, I'm not Puerto Rican, but I grew up in a Hispanic household. And experiencing a Spanish Christmas uh, the way Miles did, where his mom speaks in Spanglish and he refers to him by, you know, with Spanish words. And it just, yeah, it's just a whole lot of like what I grew up with. And it felt really cool. It's like that representation, man, it matters as much as people, you know, most people think it matters, but there's people, outliers that say like, you know, does it really matter? It's like, well, yeah, of course that's your perspective. You see nothing but yourself and everything for the past 20 years. Of course, it's not going to feel like anything. But, yeah, it was really cool. So, enjoying my time with that. Uh, we'll get into more impressions next week uh, when we react to the Game Awards. Hopefully, all of our dreams come true, Dom. Uh, thank you for joining me. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. If you can, please follow us on Twitter at Jared underscore uh, and uh dom at dom's oreos you can go to youtube search us up pop right up we subs- uh we're there subscribe to us if you enjoy the podcast like the videos if you like them comment let me know what you're thinking uh we're on itunes we're on spotify we're on all that good stuff um if you want to just quick access to the audio as well without using an audio service our audio is always put up on our website at controlledinterest.com as well so definitely catch it there thank you guys for listening see you guys in episode 113 when we go over the game awards bye